This is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, joining you from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. Shame about our bodies, shame about our abilities, and maybe even... What's the opposite of shame? Pride? No, not that far from shame. Less shame? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're calling this show, Thanks, I'll Think About This Forever. Which means we're talking about things someone said to us once, about us once, that we have thought about since and probably will think about until we die. This is pretty navel-gazy, but we were born out of TBTL, so we're giving ourselves a pass. Thankfully, I'm not the only one who is haunted by offhand knockout punches, so joining me today are half of my favorite co-hosts in Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Ann Lundholm. Hi, Ann. Hi, Meredith. If you think my therapist has not heard these stories, you got another thing coming. <laughs> yeah, I've told all of these many times. And this one time? <laughs> these are formative. These are, yeah, these are core memories. That's what we're doing. Yep. And then, of course, in Middle-Aged Momish Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Butler. Hey, Hillary. Hello. So today on the show, we've got some small talk, medium talk, and of course, we're going to let you know how you can get involved with the show. And first up is uh, Hillary with small talk. Yes. What's going on? Um, Let's go. Okay. I'm gearing up. I just, I you know, I keep a pretty tight um, email inbox. (laughs) I, I know that's gross. Okay. But Mike, I'm really <laughs> anal about describe it. <laughs> I know. You're I'm anal really... about it, really? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's not even on the show this week. I have to fill in. <laughs> I know. Well, so I am like my the size of my inbox is like correlates <laughs> to my stress. Like Sorry. if I have a lot of things in my inbox, I'm like, I have so much work. I have so much kid stuff that I have to deal with. So I really try to, I keep a lot of emails, but I file them away so I don't have to see them unless I need to refer to them. Anyway, so I was perusing through, it's a lot of like my personal email, my Gmail, I was going through and seeing like, what do I need to pay attention to? What kid shit is going on? And at the very bottom, the second to last email I saw and October 2nd is coming up. So it's not like by the, not this time we post, but the next time we post, I'm going to be going to the Harry Styles concert. And all of a sudden, it seems so what? far when I bought the tickets. Already? I know. And it's almost here. And I seriously, like, kind of got panicky and was like, what am I going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> you have to go shopping. And, uh, truly, I was like, do, do I need to go buy a new outfit? I, I have a rough idea of what I'm going to wear, but I really like, well, on, on a couple different levels. One, I'm very excited to see him. Two, I actually hate going to big concerts because of the like waiting in line aspect of it. It really, and like parking and all that stuff really like, it just, I don't know. It like, I I, I can't handle it. It's just awful. And I hate just thinking, especially by the, I I hate thinking it's going to be this long before I can get home. Like this, it's going to take so many steps for me to get home. And I don't know why music shows (laughs) concerts are the thing that trigger it for me i'm like there's just everybody's leaving i mean it probably like probably like a sports thing also does it to me where i'm just sort of like and i don't i'm not rich enough to have the really good or like vip situation anytime somebody talks about acl here you know the big concert or the big festival i'm like absolutely not unless somebody gave me vip tickets where i'm literally plopped into the festival into like a tent that's air conditioned. I'm not interested in going. So, I mean, this is inside, not outside, which is great because it's still hundred fucking degrees here, but I'm very excited. I'm like, 
what's going to happen. I haven't been to, I don't remember the last big concert I went to. I mean, I went to go see Hamilton in 2016. That might've been the last like big deal thing I've gone to. I, you know, I'd been to Dropkick Murphys, but that's at a, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's at a no, and it's at a sort of easy to get to kind of situation that you can walk around. Anyway, I'm very excited. Bridget and I are studying up because I'm, I've listened to his newest album a bunch of times. I've listened to the previous album sometime and then the older one. I haven't really listened to it. Anyway, I'm very excited and probably on the next show I'll be talking about it again. <laughs> I want to hear how it went. I know. I'm really excited. Well, <clears throat> I'm a little, the only thing I'm irritated by, so he's doing five nights here, which is very cool. And I thought, okay, which one do I want to buy for? Like, do I want the first night? I I bought the, what I thought was the last night because even though it was on a Sunday, which is annoying, I thought, well, I kind of want to see the last night. I think it'll be kind of fun. He added another show. So it's not even the last oh, night and it. it's on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm like, I would have bought Harry. Saturday. Come on, Harry. Oh, he's so cute, though. I'll be um, interesting to hear what the crowd breakdown was. We're talking I, age ranges, gender splits, all of that. Is it going to be more Bridget's age or more my age? I mean, I think women across the, or women and men across the board are interested in him. So yeah, no, it'll definitely be interesting. And the outfit choices. I mean, I'm not even going to really try. I saw some article that was like, people really go all out for this. This is when I think, well, I'm just going to wear the most basic thing because um, I'm not, I can't, I'm 40, almost 44 years old. I cannot compete with like a 21 year old. Who are you trying to impress? No, exactly. Harry, exactly. obviously. I know. Oh, yeah. He'll hey, see you in the crowd. He'll fall in love with you. He'll Wait see me up. up you and your way. daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, listen. Olivia Wilde is in her late 30s. You never know. True. <laughs> um, anyway, I just... Uh, it. It uh, Hillary. And I'm Olivia excited. Wilde is Olivia Wilde. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know. I'm not. Please don't remember that one forever. <laughs> but it's not a knock on you. It's no, Olivia she Wilde. She's one of the most gorgeous people on earth. <laughs> she really is. You know, she kind of irritates me in just in certain ways. Like I like her and I appreciate her, but she, sometimes her personality irritates me. But sometimes, if you look at her face, her bone structure is just like amazing to mm-hmm. look at. She is. Stunning. She is really, really, really beautiful. So, I mean, Olivia you know, Wilde, Olivia Munn, all the Olivias. <laughs> I know. Beautiful. Yeah, they are. Rude. Olivia de Havilland. <laughs> I did. Olivia. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's weird when I was little, I thought that Olivia was like, I loved the name Olivia. I thought it was such a, like, it, not just glamorous name. And now it's, well, I still think it's glamorous. It's just so much more common than yeah. was when we were little. I feel like there's way more Olivia's now. Yeah, well, it's been, it's sure. the millennial yes. naming it's Emma. wave. Emma, yeah. Olivia, Hannah, um, Bella, Jack. Yep. My yep. sister's middle name is Olivia, and I was only extremely offended when my brother picked that as my niece's name but he didn't he did not he did not do it on purpose he forgot that that was her middle name oh really i yes i now i believe that i mean that sounds about right it seems extremely believable for him so (laughs) he's like oh offended anymore he's like oh yeah i'm i'm still not sure that my brother carl knows when my birthday is if he's not reminded by his wife so Mm -hmm. well yeah Day was asked when our anniversary was, and he, like, took a beat, and then he was like, May 26th. And I'm like, <laughs> you should remember this. It's not that hard. 
Um, Anne, why are you going to lose a limb? Tell us. Well, if the Bill Gates is 4G doesn't, or is it 5G? We're now. up to five. five. We're at five. Well, I don't know. Is that for the regular flu shot or just the COVID? Because oh, I didn't I think get it's the, just COVID. Yeah, I didn't get the COVID booster today. I got the regular flu shot. Now that's not news, right? <laughs> I like that headline. That's not news. <laughs> not news. <laughs> but I just wanted to say the reason that I got it today was because I had to be on campus for safety training. Ooh. At least this time, it was potentially um, relatable to my life, given that the topic was ergonomics and stretching. So I wasn't going to training for like fall protection and confined entry spaces and asbestos, asbestos awareness. Hmm. So I was like, fine, fine, I'll go to campus for this. But then I thought, oh, I wonder, since the flu shot email had gone around. I was like, I wonder if they're doing a clinic that day. And they were down at the health center doing a flu clinic. And I thought, ha ha, two birds, one stone. I'm a genius. And so I went down there and every other time I've gone to a flu clinic at the university, it's been like in a really big space, like in the student union ballroom. And there's like 50 different stations and everyone's just going gangbusters with the needles and the shots and stuff and this was a little bit smaller clinic in the health center slash medical school I don't know where everything is and I realized pretty quickly it was actually like a teaching clinic for pharmacy students oh which is fine like they have to learn somehow right it's not that hard Mm -hmm. I don't mind having my shot given by a pharmacy student uh except for I was there at 10 in the morning so not like a (laughs) the very beginning of the day but it kind of seemed like it was her first day doing this Mm -hmm. and you could tell that she was maybe a little nervous but really more than anything just not familiar with the whole routine to the point where she had it down pat yeah uh, cause all the other times I've gone to the clinics, they're like, mm, 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 like they go rote through the thing and then they do the thing and you can tell they've given 500,000 shots in her lifetime. And this was like maybe her fifth shot or something, you know? <laughs> so she hadn't developed her bedside manner yet. Yeah. And she was very nice, but she was fumbling a little bit and then she stuck me with the needle and it was fine, except it, she hit a gusher. And I got a like a big trickle of blood went down my arm. Oh, from a shot? Yeah, from a shot. I mean, it's not like it was spurting, but it was more blood (laughs) than I've ever seen from a shot. We need a a blood trigger warning for people who are not like Christy, who are not into shots. Yeah, I don't want to turn anybody. I mean, come on. It like the shot is just a little pinch and then nothing. And then I, I was like, oh, there's a line of blood running down my arm. But this is where she kind of panicked a little bit. Because clearly she wasn't sure entirely what to do. And so Aww. instead of grabbing one of the gauze squares that they, she had a whole stack of them in the tray, she went for like the sterilizing um, wipe 
the individually sealed sterilizing wipe. So she's like trying to tear open the sti- and the blood's like running down my arm. And she's using like multiple sterilizing wipes oh. to try to wipe up the blood. It's not absorbent. That's not what it's supposed to do. Oh. And when and then she's like peeling her gloves off so she can try to open the things faster. I'm like, I don't I don't think you're supposed to take them off at this point, honey. Um, but finally she remembered the gauze and she pushed this square of gauze on it. Yay, A+. And then she put the Band-Aid over it to hold it, but the gauze square was big enough that the Band-Aid didn't really go all the way across <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, you usually... tape. I know, that. usually they just, like, fold the gauze square in half or in quarters yeah. and then stick it on and put the Band-Aid over it, but she just hadn't gotten to that and I was like oh well so that was it and then she had like a little paddle or something that she raised and the uh, attending uh, pharmacist I suppose one of her professors but his name tag said pharmacist he came over to like check out and make sure all the paperwork was done correctly and ask how it went she was like well there was some blood he was like oh yep that happens sometimes and i said listen i got eight pints it's fine (laughs) i can spare a little bit no shit i just remember the tootsie roll pop and the tootsie roll pop that i stole are still in my bag hell yeah oh my god i've got dessert (laughs) after you go to the grocery store you're like yes just leave me and my Tootsie Pops with some <laughs> privacy, please. So that was my flu shot, and it was fine, but Yikes. it was just like a different experience. <laughs> I'm sure your immune response will be fine. I know, yeah, it's already a little bit uh, sore in that spot, mm-hmm. but not bad, actually. Not like the COVID shot. It seemed like every time I've gotten a COVID shot, it's hurt worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know when I get the next booster, we'll see how that goes. But no, I just thought this was um, an interesting experience. Totally fine. And now hopefully she knows what to do the next time. (laughs) Or what not to do. (laughs) She pokes a needle into an artery. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. I know. And those are the times where you're like, no, I mean, it's good that I'm the test subject because it's like I'm relatively healthy and whatever. You're not going to raise a stink about it. Yes, exactly. God. Some like old person's gonna be like she hurt Mm -hmm. me (laughs) i'm gonna sue you (laughs) Uh, um well meredith also left the house recently what both of us on the same day i know it's very weird um this past weekend i i took a friday off of work and i flew to new york's new york city Get a, Get a rope. rope. <laughs> and I went to see my friend Jocelyn. She lives in Jersey City now, um, but she went to Fordham for law school, so she's very in love with New York and um, has wanted – we met in Dallas, but she, like, hated, hated, hated Dallas. <laughs> How dare I know. <laughs> I know. So the fact that she was able to go back – and she lives literally, like, on the water, so she can see the Statue of Liberty in the city from her apartment. <laughs> so oh, she's basically – gross. Yeah, disgusting. Um, so we – I flew into LaGuardia, and she is nothing if not accommodating. So she was like, I'll get us a hotel in Long Island City. And I was like, sure, I don't know, fine, <laughs> whatever. whatever. And it was like – so because it was a 20-minute, you know, uh, lift – ride from the airport um and i hadn't ever been to long island city so that was an adventure um it isn't as gentrified as i thought it was going to be that was a surprise i mean i didn't Um, know it was a city i guess so i just assumed it was an island given the 
island in the name. There's a city I, and an island. And an island. Yeah. It's kind of like, are we doing a Mackinac thing again? Where it's like, <laughs> it's the bridge? Or... Mackinac City is on Mackinac Island. So I know. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Isn't Long Island City on Long Island? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. And, but, like, we were by the Queensboro Bridge. And, you know, the, for whatever that's worth. Um, anyway, it was it was really fun. We We were talking about what to do. We've traveled a lot together, and she's a big planner. So she was like, here's the eater list for Long Island City. Let's figure out what restaurants we want to go to, and how are we going to dress, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, I'm 40. I don't know. Like, I want to go to bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, so we're not hitting the clubs. I was like, please, no, let's not do that. Please, dear God, no. Yeah. So it agrees in ice cream shops. That's where I want to go. That's what we did. I mean, we, so I brought, I brought my book that I was reading and she's a librarian. Um, She's a lawyer and a librarian and now a law librarian. Way to combine your two degrees. Um, And uh, so we did a lot of walking to parks and then sitting by rivers and reading our books. And it was lovely. Um, but yeah. we also, I know. What I want. <laughs> we also did walk around Brooklyn a lot on Saturday and did a little shopping. And we went to something called Smorgasburg, which is like a food festival. And I got a lobster roll and a fun ice cream, which you can see on my Facebook page. Um, and it was just, it was, it was actually really lovely. Um, you know, uh, it, it appears basically that COVID doesn't exist anymore in mm-hmm. New York. So that's great for them. I'm very happy <laughs> for them. Um, but I had gotten my booster, so I felt relatively safe. Um, but I kept my mask on in the airport, in airplane and cars. Um, I think that's pretty wise. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, the weather was perfect. So we were kind of outside the rest of the time. Um, it sounds really nice. Sometimes <clears throat> I haven't been to New York in a really long time, but and I was younger obviously when I went I was like 30 and I have always have a really good time but I am always a little bit overwhelmed but this sounds kind of like a good adjacent to New York kind of situation yeah it was and also she's she knows her way around so she kind of like oh I know what to do and where to go so that it was great to have her as a guide and honestly like I got back on Sunday we're recording on Wednesday my legs are still sore (laughs) I bet yeah, I don't have any blisters, so I chose my footwear correctly, but it was just way more walking. I got my steps for the first time in like a million years. So. <laughs> I did it. Way to go, New York. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let us move on to uh, the mailbag and our traveling correspondent, Ted, our correspondent at large. Yeah. Can we call yeah. Ted that? Yeah, I think he so. Is, He's on the run. He, yeah. <laughs> On the run from whom? Isn't that what at large means? I don't know what it means. Uh, I thought that was on the lamb. Ooh, but I suppose it could be at large. The fugitives at large. Yeah, Ted, why aren't you telling us? And do you think you should be calling into podcasts if you're yourself in? We've seen this story play out before. I know. Are you like Mike Two Electric Boogaloo? Mm -hmm. What's going on? God, I hope not. Make Sorry, better decisions, Ted. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ted checked in from the road with a voice memo for us. Hey, it's Ted from Maryland. Uh, and may I say VW Diesels? Ugh. Yeah, I'm traveling again. Um, so I know I'm super late for the travel show. But if you need a car, U-Haul. Yes, I have a sweet ride. Um, anyways, normally... We go somewhere, we jump on 90 West because the vistas and the camping are 
much more interesting. But this time, it's 90 East, Destination Maryland. So just like every place else, you get out, get away from the ocean a quarter mile, and it seems like it looks like every place else, except for the really old buildings. I mean, it's like there's signs, you know, this church established in 1672, burnt down in 1721, burnt down again with the rest of the city in 1830. Also, like every place else, the motto tends to be death to pedestrians and bicyclists. You know, sidewalks are apparently for losers. But uh, convenience stores kind of tend to be more local. Like, I remember Texas had Circle K and Bucky's. Although there now appears to be a Bucky's with two E's. I'm sure that involved plenty of lawyers and more money than any of us will ever see. So that brings us to the world of the East Coast Quickie Mart. So there's your classy Quickie Mart, the Royal Farms. Everyone knows that story. Royal Charter was granted by King James I to establish the first Quickie Mart in the New World. And there's 7-Eleven, but that's everywhere, even back in Chicago. So not interesting. But then there's Wawa. Now that's weird. And let the Wikipedia dive commence. So it's named after a town in Pennsylvania. Why is the town named that? Because some rich white guy built an estate there and named it Wawa. And it's said to be the Ojibwa word for wild goose, thus the current Wawa logo. But I would bet that the Wawa is more likely the Ojibwa word for get out. So anyways, in 1890, some piker from Jersey imports dairy cows from Guernsey. Yes, the island. And yes, the setting of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society book and movie. The book is excellent. The movie's on Netflix, maybe. Just Watch isn't quite clear. So, Jersey Dude has a bunch of cows, starts a dairy business, and created, or at least promoted, uh, a milk health scare. But of course, his milk was excellent. Buy health, buy the bottle, was the slogan. Successful dairy business ensued. In the 60s, the dairy delivery business was uh, waning. I sort of remember that, too. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, young kid in the 60s, we had a dairy delivery box on our porch. But that was gone by the mid-70s. I'm almost positive. Anyways, so one of the grandsons decides to open a dairy store to sell milk, which became a food store and then later a convenience store. And thus the legend is born. Uh, It's just a note from the field. I hope all of you are doing well. Um, I I just, on a sad note, uh, condolences to Jeffy B., whose giant penis exploded at max Q. Insert your own joke here. It is quite easy. Fuck Amazon. Uh, So things I learned from this voice memo from Ted. Uh, Sidewalks are for losers. True. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot about East Coast convenience stores. Yes. I learned about the milk scares of the 60s and 70s, somewhere in there. And I learned that Jeffy B's giant penis exploded. <laughs> it really took me for like a second. I was like, what's go- what's happening? I don't understand that sentence. You know, you're like, I understand that these are words that are put together, but I don't understand how they mean anything. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ted, for, for putting that uh, hook in at the end of yes. the voice memo. I started yes. laughing out loud. <laughs> Yes, it was very entertaining. Um, generally, I don't want to hear about um, 
Jeff Eby's giant penis. If it wasn't giant before, he probably, you know, (laughs) did something in Thailand, which made it more giant. No. (laughs) But I don't want to hear about any of his penises. Um, Nope. Real or um, compensatory. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, Well, that aside, let's talk a little bit about last week's question of the week, which was, what movie makes you think of Colorado, Utah, Arizona, or New Mexico? That's a lot of states, really, to cover in one show, but... We got to wrap this road trip up, guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Someday. I, w- I was going over, like, our shows, and I was like, God, we started this so long ago. Yep. So long ago. Beginning over two of years the pandemic. ago. Yep. Yes. Yep, yep. We're almost there. We're almost there. I was lying in bed, and I was calculating how many more shows uh, we could possibly do. And I was like, well, two for California, Southern California, Northern California. We're going to have Oregon and Washington State. We're going to have Hawaii and Alaska. And fuck it, where does Nevada go? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know. Oh, so, we can't do a only does, Nevada. I don't know. Does Vegas oh, I bet we could. deserve its own yeah. completely on show? Well, we'll see. That's discussion for another jambo. No. But right. Could we do it? Yes. yes. Have the like a volume of movies made about it such that we could fill a show? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, so uh, that will come later, but in terms of our Four Corners movie episode, uh, Colian came in with Young Guns. Oh, <laughs> Colian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a movie for 14-year-old girls who thought those boys were all so cute. Oh, yes. Back in the oh, day yes. when we were like, Emilio Estevez, <laughs> so hot. <laughs> I really love the um, Bon Jovi, the John Bon Jovi song for Young Guns 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's for Blaze of Glory. That was like my favorite song the year it came out. I was like, this song rules. Of course. It's so it's bon Jovi, come on. It does, yeah. Kenneth um, says, Raising Arizona is my first thought. Interesting and funny Nick Cage movie. And Emily echoes that with Raising Arizona for sure. I kind of vetoed raising Arizona in that Bobby said he was thinking about it. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm not watching raising Arizona. And I've rewatched it recently. It sort of scared me when I was a kid. I really don't understand Nicolas Cage. I just don't. I don't understand why he's a movie star. You think that's a prerequisite for watching that movie? (laughs) That's sort of like, I don't know. No, but I find him repulsive. You know yeah. I can't watch Shit's Creek because of Chris Elliott. I can't <laughs> watch any more Fair. Nicolas Cage movies yeah. because he grosses me out. Like, what is he doing? Is it on purpose? I don't know. Good question. Yes, but I also, I don't know. And how like, anybody thinks he's a heartthrob. What? I, that, yeah. What that, glasses that's are you looking insane. through? <laughs> how that, anybody insane. thought he's an action hero? He's nepotism. Yeah, he's he is true. full nepotism. I don't, I don't get it. And I watched Leaving Las Vegas, and I'm like, he got an Oscar for this? <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> so I'm a Nick Cage hater. Sorry, and I, I would have boycotted if Bobby had like, chosen that movie. <laughs> nope. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, Bet says Thelma and Louise and the Hateful Eight. I would have, I could have gone for another watch of Thelma and Louise. Honestly. It's so good. It's been a long time. I, I saw it like for the first time recently, like in the last five years. And I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. And I know we've talked about it before, but 
I mean, we're going from somebody we think is not very attractive to somebody who is very Brad attractive. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Brad Pitt. Oh, like, my goodness like gracious. Like, lighted in golden tones. Oh, and the scene um, when Gina Davis is, like, talking about their sexual encounter, and it's the first time she's ever had an orgasm, and she's just, like, kind of giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, like, the way yes. we all feel when we look yes. at Brad Pitt Amazing. in this movie? Yeah, Even though like, Hillary, I, I don't know about you, Meredith, but Hillary and I have specifically said he's not our type. No, he's not. No, he's too no, no, no. pretty. But, he's, like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like when you see a beautiful, I'm not attracted to women, but like when you see a beautiful woman and you're just sort of like, oh my God, she's so you're beautiful. Sort of like starry eyed. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like when I look at Dr. Chris Petvet <laughs> on CBS Saturday morning shows and I'm like, huh. So that's what a Ken doll would look like in real yes. life. Like I yep. don't want to get with him. I just want to look at him and consider yes. it for a while. It's like when I, like when, um, what's his face? The swimmer. Uh, Michael, Michael Phelps. Uh, Michael oh yeah, Phelps. you I just, said you just, just want to touch his ass. <laughs> I just want to touch his ass. Like, what does it he's feel a big like? Dummy, but man. <laughs> he's got these big ears. I know. I just want to touch your abs. What does this feel like? It, it, I just want to touch them. Uh, well, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> our t- and Louise. Our TV at the hotel in New York was stuck on football, and I spent Ooh. like an hour, including sending Gregory a picture of the remote and being like, "Can you fix this?" Um, and it was stuck on football and we were like, no, we cannot do this. So I ended up like on the floor pushing buttons on the cable box, which was mounted underneath the desk. Oh, and God. I finally, fe- it was, it was just awful. It took forever. And I settled on, I think, I don't know what it was, AMC or something, but Thelma and Louise was on, was on and I was like, fine, oh, fine, yeah. <laughs> fine. Not football, fine. Not football. Yes. But we ended up falling asleep to reruns of 30 rock on my ipad mm. Mm. Well, that works mm. yeah. that works well back to the movie list linda is on the same wavelength as bobby because she said the shining joellen said close encounters of the third kind was that out there i guess um yeah. butch cassidy and the sundance kid footloose sandlot we yeah. did say that it was kind of weird that we didn't get any like utah anti-dance movies yeah, on there because it feels like there's a bunch Totally. Um, and also, I have seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and it's weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a 70s movie for sure. I don't think I've seen it. And it is. it made, like, so much money when it came out. It was, like, a huge hit. But it's so funny to watch these 70s movies, and you're like, really? That's what we were all into? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, let's go back to this theme of people you just want to look at. Are there two oh, ma- yeah. more pe- pe- people more in the world that you want to look at than no. Robert Redford and Paul Newman in I that mean, movie? God it's damn. stunning. Stunning. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, let's see. Uh, Kristen says, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. You almost picked that. I Hillary. did almost. I, like, I st- when I was with my girlfriends in Nashville, we were like setting out on the road trip. There's a part in Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion when they're going from L.A. to their hometown. And they say, Tucson, here we come. And I said that like 12 times on, on our <laughs> trip. <laughs> it was really funny every single time. I'm sure everybody loved oh, yeah. it all oh, the time. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, Chris says, definitely Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Two offbeat Utah gems, SLC Punk and the weird Crispin Glover, Howard Hessman, Reuben, and Ed. Even though Napoleon Dynamite is is set in Idaho, no movie has ever looked more like suburban northern Utah in the 80s than that one. 
Well, Chris, let's Weird. let's dissect this one. Um, I've never heard of SLC Punk. And when you're characterizing a Crispin Glover movie as weird, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> that goes without saying. He's Although so I weird. always appreciate Howard Hessman. <laughs> I met Howard Hessman one time and Ooh. he was very, well, he, I think I told the story. He like did, what was that? What was that? Um, there was a play that I feel like celebrities always love letters. It, oh um, yeah. Like, they were doing love letters at the theater that was like in my little micro neighborhood. And my mom was on the guild of that theater. So we like drove them, we like drove them around. It was Howard Hessman and Adrian Barbeau. And I remember <laughs> sitting next to Howard Hessman and it was when head of the class was on. And oh I was my God. so, that was my, I wasn't a WKRP person. No, I think no, that, no. Was, that was before not, our time. Yeah. But ahead of the class, I was very into, and I was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Oh, high school seemed like such a grown up place to me. Oh Yeah. Uh, absolutely <laughs> just wanted a teacher like him he's like yeah, so, he's cool, so cool man <laughs> uh let's see lane says the original 1957 310 to yuma i still love old movies but i went through an obsessive period in high school and college large, largely fueled by afi best of lists i have only seen the remake of 310 to yuma the one was that christian bale chris think, yeah christian bale it- and chris no, I'm thinking of something else. No, not Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. He's in another thing. Um, is it? Is it? Uh, who is it? I could, like it's on the tip of my tongue. I know mine too. Ben, 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 um, Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yes, right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, and my Russell Crowe. Really like that Russell one. Crow. Yeah, I think my parents really liked that. The new one. Yeah, it was good. I don't really remember it. It didn't, I guess, make that big of an impression. But I like a western from time to time. Uh, and finally, Gregory chimes in with SLC Punk, Only Posers Die. Meredith, can you please explain this? Nope. I've never seen that movie either. Oh. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I know that Matthew Lillard is in it. That is oh. the only thing I know of okay. it. Okay. Not my favorite. <laughs> no. He's on the, like, Anne Mount Rushmore of people you were not into. <laughs> no. Unless he's playing Shaggy, I don't want to see him. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And uh, that is our our, um, listener contributions for the week. Stay tuned. Where will we go next? We'll see. How are we going to get to Vegas? (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I do actually one. The only time that I have found Nick Cage charming, and this is so long ago, is, and this is like a Hawaii and Las Vegas movie, but I loved Honeymoon in Vegas when I was a kid. Uh, And I had like a, for my birthday party, I had a slumber party at a hotel because my dad like worked for a company that managed a hotel. So we got a hotel room and I felt very fancy and I made everybody like SpectraVision rent Honeymoon in Vegas with like <laughs> Nick Cage, Sarah Jessica Parker and like James Caan. And they're like, why are we watching this? And I'm like, it's so funny. It's so funny. And they're like, this is everybody's like going to bed or eating M&M's <laughs> or something. And I'm, I'm guys, sitting there with guys, my... Guys, <laughs> guys, watch. Watch, watch. This is the best part. This is so funny. So funny. Funny. Oh God, so dumb. Oh, thanks, y'all. Um, all right, moving on to medium talk. Okay, I was trying to think of how we got to this, and it was a very circ. You know, we're on our weekly jamboree. What are we going to talk about? Throwing out ideas, and a lot of times that happens where it's like something happens. It's like, oh, that's you know, somebody spits an idea out, and it's like, well, that's a that's a good idea, but like, I don't know, maybe not yet. We have to think on that. And then we're talking about stuff, talking about stuff. And I think we were talking about uh, the Great British Bake Off. And oh, like, arms, arms! Yes, That's we were talking about arms. 
we were talking about arms and the great um, I guess off in arms and if you can figure out how alert. those two yes. go together let us know That's, yes we will not we will not talk more about it let us know if we have later. shared brain about this because <laughs> i have and guilt so i i was talking about i i brought up something that happened to me when i was a teenager and it has stuck in my brain ever since. And that's how we were like, Oh my gosh. Yes. All of us have had things said to us that are off the hand. I would say mostly off the cuff. Like it's not like somebody's planning on telling you something. They just sort of comment on your body or your appearance or your personality or whatever. And it just sticks with you for the rest of your life. I don't know if they intend it, but it does. And so we were like, you know what? That actually is a pretty good show topic because it happens to all of us. I am, I would assume maybe, maybe I'm being gendered. It happens more to women than it does to men, but I think it happens to men as well. Um, so I guess I'll start with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, and we do have to um, give credit to guest producer Gregory Schreckengost. <laughs> yes. For I the did title. explain that reference to him. Oh, good. Yes. Thanks. I'll think about that forever. Yes. Yeah, that was his idea. Good one. God. I mean, I actually remember this has stuck with me for so long. And I remember thinking, and every time I work out, I think about this. Okay. So when I was in high school, there was the drill team at my high school is really, really good. Um, and I never tried out for it because I can't dance and I can't memorize moves at all. And they're like really good. And also, okay. So the year before um, I got to high school, when you tried out, they were called the Bells, the Highland Bells. And when you tried out, and before every dance, you also had to try out. Like, you try out for the team, you make the team, then you have to try out for the routine Jeez. every single week. It, it's insane. Um, and be- the years before I was there, they weighed you. And <gasps> if you didn't, if, like, so I'm 5'4". In order to, like, be able to be on the team, even if I danced really well, I would have to weigh 120 pounds. Now, let me tell you, I have not weighed 120 pounds <laughs> since I was in seventh grade. Maybe. I don't even know if it was a long time ago. Anyway, um, so I, I never... I was like, this is not for me. I'm never going to be interested in this. And they stopped doing it, but they kind of still did that. They didn't weigh you in, but they would probably like, right, cut you right, if you right. were looking a little porky. Now, is the drill team, do they have the flags or is that like no, flag no. core? That, we didn't really, I think maybe they have flag core now, but we didn't really have flag core. I'll have to send you out. This is more dance or it's like military dance. Like it's very, there's a lot of them and they're like, they do a, a kick routine a lot. And then they also do sort of precision dances but no flags or so anything. So why is it called drill then? I <laughs> what don't are we drilling? Know. I, we're not drilling anything. Uh, there, I have no idea. Getting drilled maybe uh, by my yeah. of the football hey. team. Um, but um, Kathy Wheat was the um, she was their instructor. I think she's retired now but she was their instructor. She also I guess had to have a position like she couldn't just be their drill team person. She also had to take on like a PE. Yeah you have to be instructors. Do something it's something yeah, you else you can't so she, just coach yes exactly like a coach is also like a history teacher or whatever yep. um so she taught a PE class and I think we had to take three semesters of PE and the last semester I took this one called <laughs> god it's so 1995 weight and figure control um which is That's psychotic child abuse <laughs> I know we had to power we had to power rock all the time like 
I remember she was like, if it's under 40 degrees, you don't have to go. But otherwise, we have to power walk around the neighborhood. And she was so tall and had these long legs. I could not keep up. I have very, well, okay. I have very short limbs. Like, my arms and legs are short. I don't really even have, I'm just short. Like, I just have short limbs. Anyway, we power walked. The only good thing about it was is she did show us how to properly weight lift, which I really had never done because my whole life up to then was just like lose weight. All You need to lose weight. It doesn't even matter about tone. You just need to be like smaller than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so she taught us all these different how to use the, the Nautilus machines. And that was instructive. And I'm glad that she did that. And one time I was lifting weights and she just looked at me and she said, you know, you have really short limbs. I think you could be a bodybuilder for the rest of my life that has stuck with me. Like I am always like my limbs are so short and stubby. Like, in fact, I remember looking at Gina Davis in a league of their own when I watch it and her arms are so long. And I was like, God, I wish my arms were long. Like every time I put, um, you know, a jacket on, it's always too, the sleeves are too long. I mean, I have the opposite problem of you guys. If I put pants on, they're I have to, if I get shorts or cropped, they're like the right length for me because my legs are so short. Anyway, so it just has always stuck with me that my limbs are too short. Now, has it negatively affected my life? Not necessarily. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I could be a bodybuilder. (laughs) Maybe I'm going to really start (laughs) focusing on this. But for the most part, it's just as when you're 15 slash 16 years old, when somebody comments on your body as it's growing and maybe you're larger than the other girls in your class or whatever, it just, it kind of fucks with you, you know, and you're like, I'm different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I am shorter or whatever. I'm, I'm different. I'm not normal. I'm not normal. And that's always the thing. I'm not normal. And I have to figure out a way to be normal. And you can't do anything about the length of your arms and legs after a certain point. God damn it. Or Whoa. at any point. They've tried not really in up Asia. To you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah they sure have. Stretch it out. Stretch it I, out. I mean, it, it shows you how important this is to people that over in Asia, they have, they break their bones oh. and oh. then stretch them out oh, and gross. wait for the bones to grow the extra length to, I don't know, fuse back together. That's. No. Uh, barbaric and i don't mean to say like the asian cultures are barbaric it's just a human practice that's disgusting yeah it's repulsive gross no Uh, thank you um who wants to go next meredith you go okay um this is also a body comment i feel like most of these are going to be body comments yep um i was probably in my mid twenties. And this was not something I'd ever really thought about because I was not the kind of person who ever got like tailored clothing, but I was getting ready for my first job interview and I wanted a suit. So I went to Ann Taylor and I got fitted for a suit. And as the lady was measuring me, she measured across my back and she goes, Oh, you're built like a linebacker. No, what? No. And I don't remember anything else about that day or that suit. You kind of go into a fugue state. You're like, mm-hmm. the thing happening? is, that's not even true. No, no, well, I don't know. I mean, that's not like, I don't know. It was never the type of thing that I thought about. My mom was very good about not commenting on our bodies. So I never really had any idea that I was like shaped incorrectly, which is I'm very grateful for. You know, it didn't, it wasn't when I was very, very young or anything. Um, and it wasn't instilled by her, but like, 
from then on, I've always been like, oh, I better try to minimize my shoulders. But you don't have wide shoulders. You don't. You're not broad backed. I don't know. I don't know if I am. I don't know how to tell that. Like compared to a supermodel, I am. But compared to a normal person, I don't think I am. I don't know. Maybe it's just that because you're tall. I mean, those of us who are taller, our proportions are the same, but it's more actual space, you know? So because Mm -hmm. you have an extra six inches on the average American woman, of course, your shoulders are that much wider. And so whatever stupid Ann Taylor lady who's only used to measuring women who are five foot two has to open her big fat mouth. Yeah. I wish she just had not said anything Mm -hmm. because it gave me a complex about my shoulders. Well, and it's always like, do I need to minimize my, do I need to cover it up or whatever? Not just celebrate the fact that you have, you know, I, I'm, I do have shoulders, strong shoulders, but like (laughs) I've, then there's nothing I can do about their size. It's just the way that my bones are. Like, even if I lost a bunch of weight, my shoulders would be the same. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So the only thing you can really do is like dress to minimize your shoulders. So I don't wear things with thin straps for mm. that reason. Ever. No shoulder pads. No, certainly no. not. <laughs> um, oh, no, no. Um, so, I mean, that's a relatively minimal impact on my life, but it's sort of, you know, it's more psyche than anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. All of these are psyche yeah. affecting things to mm-hmm. the most part. I'm sitting here looking at a post-it note from my therapist. I wrote down, <coughs> trace it back to childhood. That's a, <laughs> a note I have to remind myself all the time. And I'm like, hmm, seems to be a little bit what we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, my first contribution to this, which immediately came to mind, and I don't know that I can totally pinpoint it to exactly one moment because I've had it said to me so many times over my life, but I specifically remember my voice teacher saying this to me, and it's this comment that I am statuesque. And I'm like, don't say that to me because I don't know what it means. Oh, I've gotten that one it's too. It's code for something. And I don't know what it's code for. Is it, but you're so tall and that's not bad? Or is it, but you're a large lady? Because <laughs> I don't want to be characterized <laughs> as a large lady. And I'm not talking about weight or anything, but just a physical just size, yeah. existence yeah. of being larger. And so, I've gotten that and it's been I can tell that it's meant as a compliment and I'm like mm, eh. rephrase that Thank it's you. baffling though yeah. isn't it like what does that mean to be statuesque you have good posture <laughs> you're made of marble <laughs> you're very stiff <laughs> it's know. like it it's that's the compliment for a tall woman, right? That's yes. me, like, you're tall. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Thanks oh, for telling me. Okay, what am I supposed to do with that? Do I feel good about it? Do I feel bad about it? I'm pretty sure I feel bad about it. Because anything that takes you out of the range of, like you were saying, Hillary, quote unquote, normal or desired is something that's going to set my brain spinning and like yes. I can't get away from it. So why people got to emphasize it? Yeah. I, I have I never figured out how to be the, I embrace my size, my curves, my whatever. I'm just like, no, like you said, Meredith, I just want to minimize it. I just mm-hmm. like, I don't need people to be like, Oh my God, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I just need them 
to not point out any ways that I'm different. Yeah, yeah. just like shut up about just shut yeah. up about it. Don't we don't need any comments about one way or the other. Yep. Well, Thank and that you. is that is definitely like with Bridgie, I really 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 try not to comment on her body. Uh, I mean, with the exception of like maybe you need to wear deodorant or like <laughs> That's that different. kind of stuff. <laughs> Questions but, uh, of hygiene. Are. <laughs> yes, Everyone okay. needs to be told that every once in a while. I, I just, I can't because unless she asks me point blank, like, what do you think about this? I just, I really, I can't because it's unsolicited and she is an autonomous person. I am her mother, but like she is a person and I can't really affect her that way. It just is. And I'm not going to help her. I know that mothers think that they're helping and it's like these kids know you know like you don't have to point out oh you're you're bigger than other people or you need to lose weight or like kids know they're not dumb um they can kind of figure out they have social media they have eyes like that's they can true see that what's goes going for on heavy people too yeah by the yeah. way there is yeah. no fat person out there that if you say you need to lose weight they're like what i, I do didn't know that First of all, they don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. And second of all, you think they don't know? Yeah, that you they're think they've never been told, been told that before. Considered yeah, exactly. non-optimal in their yeah. body size? Yeah. Hey, that's exactly. not news. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, um, okay, going on with that. Um Okay, this was like my most traumatic one. And it's funny because I really like this girl, but I, this was like a very mean moment. There is a girl that I went to elementary school with and middle school and high school with. And she was definitely like, she was on the bells. She was so beautiful and popular. Everybody thought so. Oh, and did she you still, just want to punch her? No, because she was really nice. Oh, I was like obsessed. No, that's I, even I know. worse. That's not fair. I was like obsessed with her. I like was like I would always invite her to spend the night. Occasionally she would, but I'm sure she was like, "This girl needs to get a life. Like, go away." I'm like, "Emily, I feel like I shouldn't say your name, but uh, do you want to spend the night? Like, let's hang out." And we were friends, but she was definitely more popular than I was. And we were at some. It was about the time age Bridget is I think we were in fifth grade and we were swimming in this girl's pool and we were talking it was a bunch of girls and we were talking about I don't know how muscle sinks and fat floats or whatever something dumb that fifth graders talk about and I went underneath and I like kind of popped up and she said well she's gonna float (gasps) and I was like it was I know and I was like so like friend obsessed with her and I remember just being like I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. I was never somebody who was like, I'm going to be like, Hey, that was mean or whatever. That was not my person. Still really isn't my personality. I would never like stand up for myself that way, but just being like, okay, I get the, I get the picture. And I think that was really the first time I knew that I was bigger than other girls, but that was the first time that I was like, Oh, they know it too. Like they notice it too. Like, because before it's like everybody's just sort of in their own world. But that was the first time that I was like, Oh, I, they know that I'm, I'm fat or whatever. They think that it makes me like, worse than they are because they were all still you know little nothing kids anyway it was very 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 depressing now I will give her she I've seen her she lives in Austin she's very nice um and she was just a bitchy little fifth grader um so whatever she just took her ire out on me but (laughs) I'm sure kids don't have any sort of like thought about oh this is a mean thing to say yes you know that I'm sure it wasn't intentional but that doesn't make it hurt any less well and I I do actually think it was intentional but more in that like when I don't mean she was like I'm gonna 
I want to be mean to Hillary and I want to hurt her feelings. I think more like I want to boost myself up and it boosts my kind of cred if I'm mean to somebody else. It's like that right. sort of levels of yeah. whatever, uh, social levels. And I remember just like sinking down, like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear that. And what I would do is sort of not like pretend like I'm not going to think about it. So I don't think about it because that'll make me really sad if I think about it. And but of course, like it's stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Like this is in 1990. This is fucking like 32 years ago, and I still remember it. Um, and like it did sort of affect the way that I looked at her. I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to try to be friends with her anymore. Like it's fine, we can be friends, but I'm not going to ask her to spend the night, or I'm not going to like, you know, try to hang out with her because she thinks so little of me. And it was like, <laughs> well, and I think probably, I think probably if I told her that, which I never would, if I told her that, she would be like want to die she would be like i am so sorry she would apologize but you know it's just those things that affect you Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting time in a kid's life that fifth grade sixth grade because i noticed i don't know if it was the same for you but that's kind of when kids started to stratify a little bit more in social yes circles yep like it was right in sixth grade when it's like all of a sudden a couple of my friends were in a social um, had a social status that I did not have. They were all of a sudden, they were like first tier girls Mm -hmm. and I was like a third tier girl. And I was like, wait, how did, how did, you know, there are people who are more or less popular, but for the most part in elementary school, at least it seems like, know everybody's just sort of a doofus all the time but once you start creeping towards that puberty mark oh yeah things start to shift really fast in ways that i found to be very bewildering yep i i was friends with and i had gone to i started off at the same elementary school went to the same middle school same high school and definitely by sixth grade is when we went to middle school and it was like all the elementary schools came together and there was there were definitely tears and i not not like like t-i-e-r-s and i fought it i really until seventh eighth grade i was like i want to be popular i really want to be popular and then by eighth grade i was like this is not i can't do this this (laughs) is not gonna happen happen." and i was like i have friends it's fine i have friends like and my friends can be my friends and they don't have to be the most popular friends and that's just not gonna happen that's not happening for me anytime soon i'll be a theater kid (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm gonna stick to probably have more fun that way yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. i don't know that i ever i don't think i ever thought about being popular because it's not really my personality and because i i knew deep in my bones that it was something i was never gonna have a shot at yeah so like at least you tried i did i think i was just like uh i had the friends at first but i was definitely their second tier friend so i was like i gotta be realistic about this i can be i liked being friends with everybody but not And also, honestly, those girls by the end of high school, it was, you know, it was like people were getting canceled left and right. I don't mean canceled, but it was like, oh, they're out of the, you know, it was too high stakes for me. I don't have Mm, the, I don't have the, I I don't have the wherewithal to do that at all. Oh, God. You don't have the stomach for that drama? No, I do not. No, me either. No. Um, Merida. So I don't, I'm, I'm over here trying to think if I was popular or not, and I don't really know. I had a friend group um, I mean you went to science school yeah Meredith. that's a thing there were a hundred of us so we and, were and all what kind does, of yeah what does popularity mean in science school 
I truly don't know. I don't know. Um, so it wasn't an, it wasn't a typical high school situation. It was such a small group and we were together so much and we were, very, we were all pretty tight. There were there were not really outcasts, even the outcasts. We kind of loved them in their outcasty kind of way. Cause we were all outcasts. Yeah. Um, but I did have a group of seven girlfriends who were, were like stuck you know, together at the hip and we spent the night at each other's house every weekend. And, you know, it was a whole, it was a whole click, but we weren't clicky. We weren't bitchy about other people. We would, you know, let, of course, other people came and sit with us at lunch and stuff. I don't know. We weren't like (laughs) gatekeeping friendships or anything like that. Um, So I think it was pretty good, but I don't know what other people really thought about that. I'm not sure. But um, there was a moment in middle school um, that sticks with me very, very clearly. And I don't even remember who said it, but my best friend. So I met my best friend, Michelle, when I was in, we were in kindergarten is when we met. So we were five and we both went to the same Montessori school and we sat next to each other. Um, in Montessori school, you sit in a circle or a square and you, they had us, um, alphabetical by last name and her last name was Vindiziano. So of course we were sitting next to each other and we immediately became friends and we were friends all through high school and in middle school she was born in cyprus and her mother is dutch 100 percent dutch and her dad is actually italian he's not really greek they're at, they moved from italy to cyprus close so, enough yeah yeah i'm sure the greeks would agree close enough. <laughs> close enough. um so she kind of had this like beautiful olive skin she looks like sophia loren I'm not exaggerating. She is gorgeous. And she's been, she was a gorgeous child, gorgeous teenager. She never had an awkward phase. She modeled in her like late teens and early twenties. Love a teen model. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know how psychologically strong you'd have to be for that to not give you a little bit of a complex, but somebody once said to me, Oh, are you friends with that pretty girl? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Always love to be the ugly friend. In contrast, what does that make me? I mean, I know that wasn't a comment about me and it was a comment about her. But when you're like 12, how do you not take it? Oh, yeah. Personally. Yes. It's like she's the pretty one and I'm not. And I'm the other one. It's hard to not feel like a shoe when you're standing next to somebody who looks like Sophia Loren. Um so that that was that was always kind of rough. I, I I envied her life in every way. Like I always thought everything she had was gorgeous. Everything she chose was better than what I chose. You know, it was just like I couldn't make a right decision compared to her. Yeah. yeah. So it was just she was just like on this pedestal, and I was I was a garbage person, and I didn't know why she was my friend. Aww, so that kind of encapsulated. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, she. Why? I mean. She thought I was funny, and so I was like, I guess I better be funny, because <laughs> I don't have anything else. <laughs> I've definitely been friends with somebody who I think was very happy that she could be the pretty friend in the relationship, and I was like, well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> I know. I, see, I don't think any of it came from her. I, she never gave me that vibe. It was all my own stuff. So, it, you know, it made it even worse that she's a total sweetheart and would never yeah. be judgy like that. Can you tell us something bad about her? At least because I'm starting to get a complex. Well, I mean, I think this is bad. She's married to a priest and has five kids. Oh, oh, 
Orthodox. Like a, like a Greek Orthodox. Oh, um, okay, okay. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. Not a cat. Yeah. She, they have a billion kids. She keeps that's, having kids. And I, it sounds horrific to me. That, um, is, a, that is a nightmare. But that is a nightmare. Some people think that's great. So, but and she she's still tiny and looks like she's never had a baby. So I don't know. That's fun. I don't know if it's good or bad. I just Ugh. love her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, mm. I'll go on. My next two are labeled Grandma One and Grandma Two. <laughs> so, Mom, brace yourself, because this is my mom's mother who. Um, I was going to say had many fine qualities, but that strikes me as not quite right. (laughs) To be honest here. She cared in her own way, but she was not the maternal type. Um, She was more of the narcissistic type. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she did her best with the tools that she had at her disposal, which were quite few. Um, But she had a way of saying things that would um, really sting. So the one I'll start with is when she was a little bit older and she and grandpa had moved into the assisted living place. I was probably in my mid-20s and I went with my mom to visit them. I did not go very often because it wasn't a super rewarding experience. (laughs) Uh, But I did go this time and I was talking to them and my mom excused herself and went down to the nurse's station or something to talk to them for a while. And uh, so I was alone with my grandparents and uh, the lady who was their primary caregiver happened to come. I don't know if she was a nurse or an aide or something, but she was a lovely lady named Virginia. And my grandpa was crazy about her. He just loved her. And he wanted me to meet her. And he wanted her to meet me. And he was, oh, Virginia, this is our granddaughter. And, oh, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And Virginia said, oh, someone looks like her grandmother. And my grandmother, without missing a beat, said, oh, she does not look like her grandmother. She's fat like her grandmother, but she doesn't look <gasps> like me. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Gosh, Were Anne, you? why did that stick in your head? <laughs> oh, my God. Were you just, like, stunned? Like, I don't even know how what to do you, respond. How do you do? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> and Well, my grandfather immediately said, Mary, she is not fat. But here's the thing. My grandmother was the only person tactless enough <laughs> to tell the truth, right? I, I was overweight. And I, well, overweight. I was heavy. Let's put it that way. Because what does overweight even yeah, mean, yeah. given yeah. S- yes. societal standards? But like, I was still, I still had another 12 to 15 years of being, of buying into the message of, being fat was not okay and you were worthless as a person when you were fat and so yeah at some level i knew immediately that it wasn't about me at all it was about her she wasn't trying to insult me she was trying to insult herself by saying that she was fat it's just she was so thoughtless 
that the way she did it, like I was collateral damage. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Is she's that's like, awful. she uses you as the shield. Yep. So, so then the, the follow-up to this is shortly thereafter, my mom comes back being, you know, cheerfully ignorant of, <laughs> of what has happened. And she always used to bring my grandpa chocolate and uh, Hershey's nuggets. Do you remember? Nuggets? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the miniatures, but yeah. different. And so she gets out the bag and she's like, oh, sounds like it's good time for a nugget. Who wants a nugget? <laughs> and would you like a nugget? And I'm like, thank you. No, I will not ever be eating again. And she was like, oh, you sure you don't want a nugget? Like, Mom, no. Stop, stop asking me if I want a nugget. <laughs> And then in in the car on the way home, I told her what had happened. And she was like, oh, you know, that's terrible. But then just as we're walking into their house, her sister called and she was like, oh, Polly, wait till you hear what mom said to Anne. And she started telling her the story. And I was sitting there and I just started to cry like like, you know I couldn't help it I had thought that I was kind of detached from it but when I heard her describing it I just it was not a good no not a good thing and it's worse it's worse because it's your grandmother. Yes. If there's anybody who's supposed to, you know, <laughs> be make like you're beautiful, good. give you yeah. hugs and cookies, yeah. love you unconditionally. <laughs> it's your grandma. Oh, and you're just like it's just so mortifying too. It's like yep. it's in front of somebody else, and right. yeah, you're supposed to keep your composure. When somebody oh, is being scolded on your behalf, it's I don't know. It's some. It does not help. No, and I think I was sort of frozen in the moment, kind of like when your brain is like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Uh, what are the rules for this situation? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Grandma won. Yep. That's rough. <laughs> Just wait till next round for Grandma 2. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, okay, this one is moving away from body, more personality oriented. <laughs> My body is wrong, and so is my personality. Um, um, This is... I I can't remember exactly who it was, and maybe this was, like, my coping strategy um, of, like... But it was some popular girl. It was not the same one, but it was somebody in, like, that world. And one... Something that is good in my professional life, and is okay in my personal life, and I guess good in my podcasting life, is that I have a good memory sometimes for facts. Like if you tell me something, I'll remember it. And I think all of us do to it to a certain degree. And especially when I was younger and had probably not had anything to drink or done drugs, I was like, I had a really good memory. And if you told me like when your birthday was, or, you know, just like a fun fact about you, I would remember it. And it wasn't like I was cataloging. It wasn't like I was like, like in my lair thinking about these things. It was just, I would remember it. And so I would, remember bringing it up to I, I think it's this girl this another bitchy girl who actually is a total bitch um and saying like oh isn't your birthday april 19th and she was like whoa that's weird that you remember that and so going forward it just became a thing where i really had to tamp down 
my knowledge of people and this is like before facebook and oh, before like no. the internet you know you before had to the hide your life through a bushel <laughs> yes i do remember just being like just pretend like you don't remember that she told you where her address oh. is or whatever and it's just one of this yes i had to and and it this, there's a line that goes along like there's a thing that people used to say called like like they'd be like easy tiger like calm down with like all the information and I always like it just made me feel dumb like I was like too it made me feel too eager like I was such a tryhard that I would remember stuff and I was like I just gotta tamp it down I can't I I have to act like aloof like I don't care and I'm like but I do care but you know you have to act cool when you're I don't know, 13 or whatever. God, I hated being 13. I really like, I liked high school because I found my like group of people and we had fun and we didn't care, but fuck, I hated middle school and I'm really not looking forward to Bridget being in middle school because it is the, it sucks. It's rough. Yeah. It sucks. I, I don't trust anybody who enjoyed middle school. Oh, who, I don't know anyone who did oh. enjoy no. middle school. Oh. Find me someone who enjoyed middle school and that person has diagnosable mental disorders i'm telling you i'm like you got it you got to go through some stuff to have any character as an adult because oh we'll talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah it just is a rough time and trying to fit into this very narrow um way of being and my you know i think we're all white ladies and I grew up in a very white neighborhood of a pretty white town and it was just like fitting in and I'm blonde or I mean, I am blondish. I I was blonde (laughs) when I was born and I was blonde until I was like 13 and then amplified and I have blue eyes. Wait a minute. That makes two of us. (laughs) I was real blonde until I was at least seven or eight. I know. Well, you know, you don't have Kathleen Livingston as a mother. She was committed to the bit. (laughs) But um, no, I just, I, I, do fit in in a lot of ways, but it's like there's this very narrow way of you having to fit in, and it's you know I'm yeah, sure almost it's ever... nobody fits the bill. That's I the know. point. And there'd just be these select few that did, and you're just trying so hard to do it, and it's so fun. And it isn't just looks; it is sort of like the way you carry yourself, the, your personality, what you're interested in, and all that stupid shit. And that's the trap of exclusivity: is that yes. you have mm-hmm. to keep narrowing and narrowing and narrowing the acceptable ranges so that people can find some something to feel good about yeah yeah to feel superior yeah about oh that sucks yeah oh anyway i now i now i proudly show off my stalker skills and the internet has helped it mm-hmm. so How, i mean how's na- your um president <laughs> memory these days hillary i mean i did fuck it up the other day when i was with the kids Ooh. and i was trying to show off i know but i <laughs> I will give, I will say this about myself. I don't usually say it like off, like I don't usually verbalize it. I usually write it down. So it's like, you know, that's why I was always bad at spelling tests. I'm a decent speller, but like talking it out is not really, I have to write it down and you can't do that in a spelling test and a spelling bee. So, um, I, I did, I missed, I missed Van Buren, which is so embarrassing. And I have like a try (laughs) now. Van Buren. (laughs) And that is the embarrassing one. Wouldn't you agree, Meredith? Totally. (laughs) I'm embarrassed for you. I missed Hayes and I like uh, Rutherford B. I know. (laughs) Ruthie B. I missed him. (laughs) God damn it. But it's, it's still there. I can still rattle it off. Come on. 
Um, all right. I'm not hiding my light under a bushel anymore. And actually with Facebook or whatever, social media, I feel like everybody has to pretend like they don't know something about somebody else. They're like, oh, I don't, how do I know that? I definitely didn't do- stalk that <laughs> out of your Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, all right, Meredith, you got character? <sighs> yeah. Um, this is a general comment and it mostly is, is focused on my mom um, because this was her... <laughs> cop out for everything I didn't like about my life in general and not just looks but there were two things specifically that it was always well that gives you so much character which does not make you feel better <laughs> no no when you're a child and the no. first one is the thing that I'm most secure insecure about about my face which is my nose and you know kids of course have been teasing me about that since I was a tiny kid um and in, well, what was it, fifth grade, sixth grade, um, this boy named my nose. Uh, Excuse me? Yeah. And I don't even want to say what it was because it's not anything crazy. It's just I don't want to, like, breathe it into existence again. He gave it its own name. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, and I would be really – I was always upset about it, and I wanted a nose job for a really long time. And my mom was like, it gives your face character. And I'm like, that is not what I want. <laughs> I want a show, cute little pointy nose. Did she show nose. you pictures of Jennifer Grey? No. <laughs> yeah. And who, what, it, what, what does she what look does like she now? Do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when people call Sarah Jessica Parker a horse face, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's who I look like the most. Um, So that didn't help. And it was, so it wasn't just looks though. It was like, you know, the fact that I started working when I was 13 and I worked all through high school, I would complain that it was like exhausting and I was too busy and I didn't have time for my schoolwork. And she's like, but it gives you so much character. And I'm like, I don't want character. I want (laughs) a minute to relax. I want to sleep past 6 a.m. on a weekend. Um, You know, so those things, that's not a comfort. Don't say that to somebody when they are complaining or struggling. It's not fun. No. (laughs) I don't want character. I want to be normal. I want to be bland. (laughs) Uh, all right. Do we need to move to Grandma 2? Another yes, electric boogaloo? Let's go to Grandma 2. So I was trying to think. I think this is after the previous Grandma story. So but I guess my mom will correct me if I'm wrong. But they're still in the assisted living. And this is at a funeral. And so I was in my mid to late 20s. This was when I was working in retail. And I had become the manager of... Uh, the store that I had worked at, probably been there a few years, didn't really love being the manager uh, of a gift store, did not suit me, Didn't it was not what I went to school for, but I was sort of, you know, trying to figure things out. But anyway, so my grandfather's brother died, Uncle George. Fun fact, Uncle George was a train conductor at Disney World. Um, So he, like had the little hat and the little vest and he drove the train around the park. But anyway, he was dead at this point. And some of my grandfather's equally old cousins came to the service, funeral, remembrance, whatever it was. And I never met them, had no idea they existed. And afterwards, you know, you're having the post-funeral party. 
and <laughs> coffee. Um, and I was talking to them and talking to my grandmother. And oh God, how did she say it? My grandmother was one of those people who liked to remind you that whatever she had, it was the best of that. So the hairdresser she went to was the best. The restaurant she went to was the best restaurant. You know, the dress she wore was the best dress or whatever. So she was kind of bragging on me a little bit to the cousins. And she was like, oh, and, you know, she went to a really good school and she had a really good SAT scores. And she went and and what did you get your master's degree in? And I was like, in statistics. And she's like, yeah. All of that education, and she ends up working in a gift shop. (laughs) Grandma! (laughs) Come on. First of all, there's nothing wrong with working in a gift shop. No. If it's what you want to do. It was not what I wanted to do, and so I felt it very keenly. And I did feel that I was kind of wasting all the time and effort that I had spent in school, all the blood, sweat, and tears, all the depression, all the everything, by not doing anything with the degree. And the that very bald statement of what my grandmother really thought of my job and my career was quite upsetting. It's like everything that you sort of secretly fear that people think, yeah. she confirmed it. Mm-hmm. She verbalized it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I don't remember what anybody else's reaction was because I was like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Brain has switched off. (laughs) Not going to listen anymore. Error, error, error. (laughs) Oh, old people. Ah, she's dead now. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, well... Get you. Um, all right. This is my final one. And this is like something that has um, been said my whole life. Uh, sort of in um, kind of the, in correlation and to what you were saying, people call you or have called you. My whole life people, well, since I like was in eighth grade, I guess, people have called me curvy. And I, when I Talking was... about a cursed word. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. And I... As a, and it's not just one person. It is how people describe my body. Um, and I, when I was younger, I guess I thought it was okay. Then when I was in high school and until I was like in my twenties, I really bucked against it. And I was like, you're just, it's just code. Like you're just saying I'm fat. Like right. and that's fine. Yep. Just, you're just trying to say that, like, I guess my waist goes in a little bit, but otherwise like I have a fat ass. Like I get it. You're saying I have a fat ass. Now, as I've grown older, I'm like, okay, this is just the way my body is and that's fine. And if that's the way you describe me, I mean, also please don't describe my body, but like, if that's the way you have to describe it, it's fine. And I'm trying to just like accept that that's the way I'm made and I see it reflected like in my kids and I'm like, okay, like that's just the way that we are and I guess that's fine. And I have to, I have to personally shirk off any attachment to like negativity that I have with it. Even if somebody is trying to be negative, I have to embrace it as a positive. So that is what I'm choosing to do. And that is how I am ending my <laughs> memories. Yeah, of what is, people have said to me. It's, it's not an objective standard is the problem. And I think some people definitely do mean it as a compliment and yes. some people mean it as you're not 
the 90s. Then, You're not Kate Moss in yes, 1993 exactly. or yes. whatever it was. But it's like – so these days – Women who are curvy, who are a reference, are like Kim Kardashian and yes. Jennifer Lopez. Yes. But you look at them, and when they're not in pictures where they're deliberately like highlighting dad ass, they're yeah. tiny, oh, teeny, yeah. they're tiny. teeny tiny women. Yeah. Yes, and like real curvy women are like usually not. You know, they're not like size twos with like a little bit of a. It, it reminds me, do you remember when um, Kate and William got married, like, I guess the Prince and Princess of Wales, and they talked about her sister's ass, and I was like, what are you talking oh, about? I know. Yes. Ass? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, just because it's, like, minorly highlighted in that dress, like, it in the fact that she has an ass, like, it's not a big or small, it just is, I mean, actually, it's small, it's but small. it's, like, it is, but it's, like, kind of sticks out uh, like not even like I'd, i'm not even it barely does right and because I was like, she wear a form-fitting dress yeah yes i was like that is wild that that is our like look at that curvy gal <laughs> she probably was 110 pounds and is teeny tiny anyway yeah for in the reality real curvy women aren't that small and honestly it's really hard to be small and have a fat ass like you you kind of can't do that you really kind of can't do it it's it's pretty impossible to be like a size two and have that ass well Um, it's not like fat doesn't go selectively (laughs) on your body now let's talk some women have a bigger rack than others because you know that's just how it is but you know generally yes that's it's distributed Equally or, right. you know, not like, proportionally no, always. Yeah, it's like how you can't spot lose weight. That's not no, how it exactly. works. <laughs> no, right. no. Yeah, we all learned that. Oh, yes, we did. <sighs> the 90s, man. <sighs> Oof. That was a troubled time. Ay, ay, ay. Well, well, yeah. My last one, I wanted to end on a positive note because <laughs> this has been <laughs> this has been rough. <laughs> this is catharsis, ladies. It is. But I wa- I just, I thought, like, I was racking my brain, like, is there any, like, is there a compliment somebody has ever given me that has been repeated? And I realized that this is something that I've been told by two, at least two people at work. And one was my, my last boss when she was trying to entice me to come back. <laughs> um, and she said, I miss that you, I miss your voice of reason. Mm, that's and, a good one. Yeah, and I that was somebody when I was in Cleveland at that work event a couple weeks ago, somebody that I'm working with on a group project said the same thing to me. She was like if this, you know, she, so so she said that I was the voice of reason for that and somebody else said if this project gets approved by FDA it will be 100% because of you. Um and so I'm trying my hardest to cling on to those things more than these other things. Um yeah. And, you know, that's kind of, that's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, why do I have to be the voice of reason? Everyone else gets to be ridiculous. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, you know, it is a nice, it is a nice compliment. And, and in Cleveland, I was like, please direct all compliments to my boss. Like, tell her <laughs> that. <laughs> um, yeah, that but, is a little bit hard when, mm-hmm. like, you have the reputation for being the sensible, grounded one, and you're like, Bleh, I just want to fall apart. One yeah. Time. <laughs> Why can't I just slack off like everybody else? Yeah. Sorry, it's not. It's not, not in your my DNA. Job. And I. Man. That's a compliment that means a lot to me because I. I appreciate that. I like that. Um. So that is something that is 
that is a valuable compliment to me and I will remember that. And I'm going to try and like make a mental note of those things more often. Yeah. Well, I, when you start, when you said voice of reason, I was kind of thinking you could stop after you said voice. If, if I'm just going to pay you a random compliment here is that I have always thought that you have a very pleasant voice. Really? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, you have a lovely voice. Oh. You have a lovely speaking Thanks, voice. Thanks, I've always hated yes. it. So. No, no, it's no, very no, it's even great. and soothing. Yep. Well, I'll be on your Calm app reading you a nighttime story next then, I guess. You could. Career change. (laughs) All right. I'm going to end with a maybe a positive. I think this is a positive one. (laughs) You'll have to let me know. Um, This is about my mom. Why? She listens to this podcast, you guys. And you know that. And she will tell me. Okay, but I think this is positive. So... After my first semester of college, I came home for Christmas break, and my room had been given to my brother, and I was relegated to sleeping in the downstairs family room on a mattress, which I wasn't super thrilled about, but, you know, we move on with our lives. But I have a very distinct memory of one night, I was down there lying on my mattress, and my mom came down and was saying good night to me. And she said to me, Anne, someday there's going to be a man who's really going to love your boobs. (laughs) 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 That's so great. That was not what I was expecting at all. (laughs) And I have remembered (laughs) that for the last... (laughs) 27 years. And I bet there's a lot of men really out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it's so funny because, you know, I didn't date in high school. Yeah. I was really a late bloomer and I did not get my body and I did not really get how <laughs> men could be attracted to my body. And so... um that's something I think back to all, a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. Yay, Anne's mom. That is wonderful. Yes. It's so precise. I love how, like, I thought it was going to be, he's like, the, a man's just going to love you so much. And it's like, no, in particular, Specifically, he's going to love, love my boobs. <laughs> oh, man. That's so great. Um, wait, I have a breaking news. I just looked down at, I have um, a text chat that I, yes, oh. I, well, yes, but I looked down at, a, I had a bunch of texts. I have this chat muted because it's a group chat and whatever. I don't like to have any, pe- any group chat with like more than three people and immediately goes to mute because there's just too many people. Um, and they were talking about like boys that they dated and this one unnamed person said, talking about a guy she had hooked up with once and she said i had just had mono and weighed about 110 pounds he told me my thighs were jiggly and i should work out oh my god (laughs) and this is a long time ago so it kind of like i was like oh my god that's so weird that she's talking about that right now because that's psychotic and we uh, just can't win there's no no winning ladies no just give up nope well uh, you know that uh not to end on a downer but that's that's the power like the worst thing that a woman can be in society is fat and or unattractive and so 
that is an insult that a man can have ready all the time. Lesbians, how do you do it? Does it bother you or not? I don't know. I don't know how it works for queer people, but at least for straight women, men seem to feel like if they call you fat or ugly, they have won the argument. Yeah. 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 That's all they need to say. Yep. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how accomplished you are, how kind you are. Or how true it is. Yeah. 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 It doesn't even have to mean anything. Yeah. They could call Cindy Crawford ugly if they, you know, if she said no to a date with them or whatever. Yeah. That's your power. And it's our power not to accept that. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Which clearly we're very good at. (laughs) Totally. We've learned that lesson. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Uh, it was sort of cathartic, though. Goodness gracious. And yeah. also, I feel like a lot of it is, um, you know, a lot of it is like a woman saying it to another woman. And I and I feel like men use that also. Sorry, no offense, men, but offense. Um, <laughs> men use that to be like, well, women say this. And it's like, well, that's because we've been taught that, like, we have to break each other down in order to be the most powerful one because there can only be one right. at the end of the day. There can only it's be one. It's a zero-sum game. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so take this as your lesson to not say things like this to people. Yeah, if you don't, 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 if you don't have do. anything that, that scarred you like this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take it from the other side. Yeah. And maybe just don't comment on each other's body, really. Yeah, That's just, just good or bad. It's just, it's, it's, you can say nice outfit or whatever. I sure. don't know, but yeah. Great hair. I like mm-hmm. your fashion and TVTL yeah. parlance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question of the week. Yeah. We really want to know now that we have laid this out there. What is the thing that you've been thinking about forever? What did somebody say to you once upon a time that maybe you don't remember the situation? Maybe you don't even remember who said it, but you have never been able to forget the thing that they said. No. <laughs> Let us know. So we're not alone in our tears. Um, It's kind of like the dum-dum tax. We're like, please let us know we're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have no tea she recommends this week. I mean, I feel like I've been, I haven't really been engaging that much with new stuff. I've been listening to old stuff or whatever. Well, the I'm Emmys in the middle just of told stuff. us what to watch. It's fine. I know. We don't have I know. Actually, Abbott Elementary is at starting oh, tonight. I gotta so. start watching, watching yeah. that. So yeah. Good. That's on my list. So good. Um, but you can get involved with the show. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. Join the Facebook group. It is really fun. Wait, somebody suggested something like, Jonathan suggested something that made me laugh. It was like, and now I can't remember what it was, but it was on the Facebook group. So go check it out. Um, the yeah, show. Drop us your show suggestions. Please. We need, <laughs> we need please. <laughs> and please. Um, the show Twitter is at Tishy Show. Email us, Tishy Show at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. We love to hear them. Ted is our regular um, at large criminal slash correspondent. Be like Ted, except <laughs> not if he's a murderer. <laughs> no, please. Um, fax us at 617-354-8513. The AOL keyword is Tishy. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Um, thanks for joining us, y'all. And that was probably not everything, but close to everything about thanks. I'll think about that forever. <laughs> Definitely not everything. No, it's not. Uh.
pockets. I think my mama knows I'm never getting my doctorate. I think I wanna blink until my eyes dry out of my sockets. I think I wanna stalk all of my homies in my space. I think I wanna rent an apartment. A school mattress, I'ma go and lay in the coffin. And drink till I'm nauseous. And be so obnoxious. I'll probably live alone cause I don't have any options, yeah. I feel your brain, I see your brain, I know the way you are. I'm so important, I'm fucking gorgeous Prioritize myself cause hell I know I'm awesome My unpredictability should have you cautious I'm also not American, so don't deport me I think that I'm a threat to my development I think my life is better when I'm celibate Immediate attention ain't the best And I surround myself with stress That I just gotta keep the pressure down, yeah I feel your brain, I see your brain I know the way you are Yeah I feel your brain, I know you You can think about that when you die Do, 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 do